3: She played the fiddle in an Irish band But she fell in love with an Englishman Kissed her on the neck and then I took her by the hands A baby I just wanna dance I met her on Grafton Street Right outside of the bar She shared a cigarette with me While her brother played the guitar She asked me what does it mean The Gaelic King on your arm Said it was one of my friend's songs Do you wanna drink on? She took me. Hello my
6: name is Dave Hannity And there will be no escape from Ed Sheeran and his Galway girl I, I didn't want to open the show this way But Craig Fitzpatrick made me do it I insisted on it We're capturing the mood of the nation I think We uh, no nicknames
0: as promised at the live show No David, it's over Speaking of the live show, one. we sold out the Workman's Club Yeah, it was a good night Full People house. turned up, which was good um, I didn't have to go all James Franco and like disown you halfway through the show because it was going terribly and I didn't want to be associated with it. So how yeah. many times did I bury you during that show? Oh, quite a lot. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> it was pretty yeah. bad. It went, went was there storm? any time you felt slightly
6: insecure? <laughs> 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 oh, Craig hates such and such. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit nervous. Quite nervous <laughs> on the day. But, uh, me. It went really, really well. And again, a thank you to everyone who came to all the acts and people who shared the stage with us. It really couldn't have gone better. We got to meet some people, uh, some fans of the show who've been kind of supporting us for a long time, and they were lovely. So yeah, overall, I had a great night. And a surprisingly mild hangover the next day.
0: How was yours? It was fine. Yeah, I was still, still in the high. It was good. Not an actual high, like not a chemical high. Sure. I suppose it was technically chemical, because all highs kind of are chemical, but it was, you know, I was upbeat. <laughs> very good. Uh, very unlike you of a Friday morning. So, yeah, uh, yeah
6: No encore Live was a massive success, and I dare say we will do it again, so watch this space. We don't have Cole Morrigan this week. Because he's off judging the Choice Music Prize. Yes. Instead, we've decided to get the gang back together. The old Hot Press gang before pre-column, BC, BC as it were. Selena Murphy of the Daily Star and X Hot Press is in the studio with us.
2: Woo! Woo! Just clapped myself. I'm glad you joined in because it
6: would have <laughs> sounded pathetic. <laughs> it was just.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
6: Thanks for coming. We can have a stadium applause effect or something. I would in. love that. Yeah. And some football rattles we will go all the way out.
2: In fact, I might th- make, make, make that my ringtone. How the hell are you? This is
6: the first time the three of us have been in the same it's room. It's been a while. Probably
2: since it's been a while. we were being shouted at. I off. feel like we're much calmer, cooler people right Yeah, now.
0: we've grown up. We're all grown we've up. We've grown as people. <laughs> we've grown. Well, what I, do you miss most I've about the I've had my off ground
2: ooh <laughs> the sexual chemistry
0: that, yeah between me and Dave yeah but yeah. I get it on
2: the podcast every week so it's all good
0: good, good. every good. single week there's
6: so much to miss about Hot Press but uh, considering that I kind of trashed them at the live show I that was to, amazing only to yeah,
2: find someone out someone is in the audience as well Roisin,
0: Roisin of course <laughs> it was <Roisin. laughs> it's just like there's no, no one from Hot Press here is there just here? yeah <laughs> Roisin okay god bless her <laughs> she was very good She's about amazing. it after the show of course and she thanks was. so much was for being
6: there Roisin's one of our you know favourite Hot Press people so it's fine but it was a it was a learning curve as was that show but no, uh, Cullum's not here because as we say Choice Music Prize by the time this podcast comes out we'll know who won and we'll know who lost and we'll know about all the drama and here's why because here's future Cullum with a brief Frontlines report
4: The winner of the RTE Choice Music Prize Award for Best Album of the Year Gano Family And there it was. It's fair to say that 2016 was an incredibly strong year for Irish music, but it's also fair to say that one album stood out from the crowd. Um, God Knows, Morley and My Name is John, were emotional as hell accepting the award. And frankly, we're still getting to grips with it when I caught up with them a little later on.
1: It's so hard to fathom, bro. It is, it is, it is. It is, because it's like, I still don't like, to be honest with you, like, for, an album that we, we people are rapping on you know I, it just that's maybe that was maybe that's the fact that people have played down what hip hop yeah. or what rappers and producers can do, can do to, for in so this country that, that we don't actually believe in. we don't it believe anymore. it but you, you know? know what like, like we said you know if you're laughing at, at hip hop in 2016 then hip hop is laughing at you know?
4: Know? you know what we were probably just really happy that uh, between the three of us, we were like, "Hey, we can actually make music that feels real yes. to us." And yes. when we were in the studio, I think that was something where we'd record something and we'd listen back and we'd be like, "Geez, you know, whether anyone else gets this, we yeah. we get it communally." I think between ourselves, uh, and but we never saw this coming. No. Like we hope it did. We hope we definitely hope
1: that it will make that impact because we felt like what we were speaking about. Because it were some of it were very personal. And there's no way there's no point, you know, putting that stuff out there if it's not gonna influence anybody or if it's not gonna, you know, change someone or make someone look a life a little bit different to the way they do it. So we hope that it will have an impact. But to this level, we know. I've been thinking of a master plan, but all I got is a plan in the mic in my hand. I see Indian dance, so precipitate the pen, like the appetite dance that ahead of my name when I I can't wait for it all the many firsts that are coming yeah you know yeah because they are there they're coming and like I firmly believe in those you know the one thing I never doubted is is the fact that we can take this far you know but it it takes more than just you making a great product for people to actually recognize recognize it for what it is like this didn't have to be people could have just been like it's a good album but really though does it compare to people who are actually playing guitars and I know those comments are going to come online people will be questioning it mm-hmm. or did he just give it to them because they're a multicultural group and all that stuff. Sort of but at this point I really don't care you know all I care about is that this album that we made forget about me or John or G the album people listened to it and thought it was really good yeah. it's, it, it blew my mind it's
4: not even ours it's, it's, more, it, it's not ours anymore that's that's there for everyone else. The very first, the day, it kind of goes back for like a little bit longer than Let the Dead, bury the Dead. So the very first day that myself and God knows were due to record, which would have been the first of January, 2014. Am I right in saying that? Uh, For our our first project together, uh, got some bad news that day and it was like, oh, and it, it, for me that was life-changing but it was also within that day it was like you need to make a choice so you actually have a feeling that you will make something really good um you know if if you if you go and do this but there's the temptation to put it on the back burner and go no so it went on the back burner for about six hours and i remember making the tel- like just being like no we're actually this is we're doing this we're going to head and Uh, and totally to the lads you know those are not easy situations and I'm sure there are times for the lads where they're like I actually love to work with a producer without the baggage uh, that's coming with this." and and what it did was it brought us I think the three of us to a place where we're like you know what life is actually quite real from time to time yeah for sure Uh, and sometimes in music and sometimes in entertainment it's not quite real Um, but but it needs that It actually needs it for people to vibrate with music and to resonate with it and go, jeez, I feel what's going on here. And that's what we're trying to do. And in one sense, we're saying, yeah, life is tough. And in another sense, we're saying, life is absolutely brilliant. It's beautiful. Go meet people. Go talk to people. um, And that's, I think, kind of, we could, like... Sometimes you have to look at the dark side of life, sometimes you have to look at the light and that's something that we're very interested in seeing.
1: Go back where you came from. I don't want any of your kind here anymore.
4: Transition Tradition played from Turkey. but you got to be. Nazis, you scatter those people are influential to us but they're not any more influential than a 17 year old kid from Limerick City can be absolutely yeah uh, no definitely it's like sometimes you feel like
1: I mean it's not to say this is the only reason why we do it because I mean I didn't this, this wasn't the reason why I started doing it but then seeing when you when you encounter these people in life you kind of it gives you more it adds that little bit of onto the motivation you had, you had already so it's like oh wow I don't want to let these guys down though you know so it's like even if even if this album hadn't won the choice tonight like just being nominated and being here it was already a rec- some form of recognition that we really really we were really proud of already and we, we would have been saying that ah you know what if you get nominated this year then hopefully the next album Maybe you would go it one step further, you know. Then you, go, you want to keep keep going in that direction. We're going for the mercury. <laughs> oh well, i we'll going for what
5: the what mercury. It That's
0: that it. it. Thank you, future column. Yeah, I can't believe insert artist's name here won. I'm shocked. Delighted there-ish. for them though.
2: <laughs> I didn't think there would be so many fisticuffs.
0: Yeah, I can't believe he glassed a guy. Glass well, that's Cullum. Yep. Several. Several, people. Several, by the sense
2: yeah, of it. You have things. to
6: fight him, fight his way out of the room. You've both been choice judges before. Yes. Uh-huh. I have to stop hanging out with choice judges. Why? Because it's making me insecure that I've not been asked yet. You've, you got, don't you've do got a, a type.
2: type. It's choice judges. I do
6: want to <laughs> do it. Do you? Yeah. You what? don't like sitting in a room arguing about <laughs> music, do you? <laughs> with,
0: <laughs> Is that something you're interested in? With, <laughs> with 10 people, yeah.
6: <laughs> I'd love to do it. Uh, so if you're listening, Tony Clayton Lee, <laughs> organizer of the Choice Music Prize, I am available next year. Yeah, it is
0: quite fun. It's a, it is. It's a good crap. well fed, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I, you hear some judges kind of say, you know, without going too much into it, that it was got quite heated and they didn't really enjoy it. But I had a good experience. It was good.
2: I think my panel were pretty subdued. Like, nobody was, like, pounding their fists on the table yeah. or anything. You know, it is, you talk passionately about an album you love and then immediately afterwards someone goes, oh, well, I just thought yeah. that was rubbish. But that's true of, like, a conversation about music in a kitchen at a party, so...
0: I suppose the nature of any kind of awards thingy is that you have to get a consensus. So that kind of just means I don't know.
2: It needs to be broadly entertaining. Y- album, yeah, there is a
0: bit of that. Yeah.
6: Well, I wonder if next year Ed Sheeran will invoke the granny rule and see if Divide <laughs> it's gets called in. up for Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, we've seen kind of some tenuous links before, and you know, none more tenuous than my link to our first proper news story. Ed Sheeran wants to start a boy band, and he also wants to write a film script or something. Craig, what's going on here? Yeah,
0: he wants to become like a Renaissance man, I guess, because he's not like done with just dominating music. You, you saw that like top sixteen of Spotify, where it was just all of his tracks in the new, <sighs> new album, which we'll very talk about, well. including the deluxe. What is a deluxe album like? When in the age of when Spotify. It's digital. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Well, do you
2: pay more? I didn't check this, actually. Do you pay like a quid extra?
0: No. no oh, the, uh, for uh, I, I think it's like a limited edition yeah. type thing
6: or wherever it's released, but also...
0: So hang on, uh, we
6: are going to review Ed and Divide as our featured album a yeah. week later in the show. So I had the good sense to look up those deluxe tracks in advance and know that I could stop listening after 12 tracks. Did you guys listen to the whole shebang?
2: I did. I did,
6: yeah. I kept Ooh. going. Look at these professionals. I
2: actually found that. I hated <laughs> much less like, we're into a review. <laughs> the, um, the bonus tracks. Actually, some of the bonus tracks I felt like, oh, that would have been a bit of energy if he put it on the main thing. But anyway, yeah, well, hold I'm, get, on, I'm yeah, getting let's ahead talk of myself. His, let's
0: talk about his film career.
2: I didn't hate the album, by the way.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll he's, get there. He's been talking a lot because he has to, you know, promote this little record he's put out. And he says, I really want to make a film that I do the soundtrack for and star in. That's my next thing. I look at a film like Notting Hill and I think that's a, like a brilliant benchmark, or Once. So if you're to mix Notting Hill with Once, I would say that would be a good start. Falling Slowly is legitimately in my top five most hated
6: songs of all time, I think. And I don't mean to like keep sounding like a negative guy, but I hate that song. Like, I really, really can't. I can't It's stand the actual it.
0: song as opposed to the film. I, I hate the seen film as the f-
6: well, but the okay. song. Like you are
2: I- dying to review Ed Sheeran's rom-com right now. You were like <laughs> dying to get into that press screening and just... I... I've walked out of
6: places when that song has come on before. I've walked out of places when America by Razorlight comes on. Uh, I've walked out when that of Monsters and Men Little Talk song comes on. And oh, yeah. And they do that. The, hey, like, like, uh, my, my skin is actually starting. I can feel my skin crawling just thinking about now it. you're
2: just getting over. Do we reckon he would be good, a
0: good actor? Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Uh, like a, could I'd he do a Hugh be Grant? charming
2: enough. Yeah, in a Hugh Grant way. Like yeah. I'd say he could
0: possibly.
6: Oh, I mean, he, it off. He has acted though. He was in. was um, oh, he okay? He was in
2: Bridget Jones's Baby. Was he? But ah. he was in that for such a short amount of time that you couldn't even begin to figure out if he can act.
6: He was in a really bad medieval TV show from the guy who did Sons of Anarchy, called The Bastard Executioner, and he did a very small role in that. Okay, and I didn't see it because it looked like a bad show. But by all accounts, did all right.
0: Hmm. So he says he's actually in talks with one filmmaker that he really loves. Um, and he wants to cast all unknowns, like have a low, low budget indie British made film. So I don't know. I guess it's Shane Meadows he's been talking to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, that could be an absolute disaster. He does
2: love Glenn Hansard, and he loves that kind of yeah. performer. So I can see why he's like I massive I do Damien the Royce exact fan, Same yeah. thing that he's done. Yeah.
0: yeah. He also wants to put together a boy band. Yeah, and he's written the songs already.
6: And this has pissed off a lot of people in uh, the pop community, pop fans, because he said, you know, like, he's going to do it right. Like, he said, like, you know, I'm going to pick the right people. It'll be a super pop. It won't be like this typical manufactured stuff. And he was kind of even saying something to the effect of, you know, I don't want to find myself at a point in my career where I have to do the Super Bowl, which a lot of Lady Gaga fans have been pissed off about. And, I mean, you know, as Craig said there at the start of these things, he is promoting a new record. He's being asked all these kinds of questions. And I guess he wants to, you know, diversify himself a little bit. But... I think the pop scene is quite good at the moment, so I yeah. think it's quite strong, and I think that, you know, if that was a gig at Lady Gaga, like, it's a strange time to have a dig at her, because she's just B- coming off the but back But
0: why of the... specifically Lady Gaga, because a lot of people... Well, she's the most recent person boy. to do this. I know, but you so. could have said Bruno Mars. I mean, he didn't specifically name-check her. No,
6: but, you know, like, this is the modern day, and we run with what we run yeah. with, so... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay. <laughs>
2: super but pop also, isn't man, he though. going to manufacture the boy band this is the it, point yeah. Yeah.
0: what exactly does he mean yeah. I mean I'm pop? all on
2: board with this like if it sounds anything like the song on this album we're about to talk about that he wrote for Rihanna I'm all on board with this but uh, it does seem a bit kind of 1990s
5: a little
6: bit yeah. oh,
2: everything he wants to do seems pretty 1990s <laughs>
6: yeah he is very, very maybe 90s. he's going to get involved with Bross they're back <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bring them in. That is what we've been
0: waiting for. Well, he has, waiting. you
6: know, he's written songs for Justin Bieber, uh, which was Love Yourself off the last record, which is a great
0: song. A song. Yeah, like I'm probably going to make the argument during our review segment <laughs> that I kind of prefer when he's not singing his own song. So this could be perfect for me. Fair enough. Yeah. And I mean, like Love Yourself is interesting.
6: And we'll, we'll get to it probably in the album review. But like, I, I do think that there's a dark side to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I do. and I, I, I think he's a lot more bitter and venomous than a lot of people think that he is. Like in terms of some of the songs, like that song Love Yourself is incredibly bitter. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, it's very stark. You know, my mama don't <laughs> like you and she likes everyone. That's a yeah, fucking he, he does. He devastating. Yeah, he does have a couple of
2: bitter moments on this album. He does, yeah. as well.
6: There usually is more interesting moments, though. But uh, someone you're a fan of,
0: Craig. Do I have to talk about Jack White now? Big Jack White. <laughs> Craig on Jack White. He's back nearly. He's recording a new album. But more importantly, he's had a profile written about him. And it's quite revealing, but it's just kind of Jack White being Jack White and extremely eccentric. So essentially, you know, what he now records records in like this kind of phone boot thing. Not a phone boot, but like a record boot thing that he created. Yeah. So he does all that kind of stuff now. And he makes like vinyl with three sides. And for this record, he's essentially just kind of like isolating himself in this bare home with nothing but a few obscure paintings and a tape recorder. Uh, So he's talking about this setup he's got, and he says he was imagining if he could just break his leg and be in hospital for six weeks. And uh, he says something about a room and a cot and a little space. You have nothing to do. And he goes on to say he's going to try and write songs where he can't be heard by the next door neighbor. And he wants to write like Michael Jackson. So instead of like writing parts on an instrument, he's going to come up with them all in his head, which Michael Jackson used to do. Like he would come up with the bass line to Billie Jean and just sing it and then get other people to play it. So that's what Jack White's trying to do now. I, don't I guess
2: all the musicians listening to this are like, wouldn't we all love to like <laughs> take a million years out know, from right? our seven jobs and just do whatever we like? Yeah, this is like, I saw... A I think a, I would do that if I was Jack White as well. I'd be like, oh, you know what? of try and ride in a haunted castle. I think
0: he's living a really good kind of rock star life because he's just doing all the kind of like childlike... Because the White Stripes music was so... Like he's so obsessed with childhood stuff and retro stuff and he's just become a massive rock star. He's got enough money from like Seven Nation Army that he just pumps it all into now doing these kind of like whimsical things and not giving a shit.
6: He was also apparently reportedly in talks to direct a Matthew McConaughey movie. But no, I think like Selena raises a good point because it's like... I saw this thing recently where Hans Zimmer, the film composer, mm-hmm. uh, has like a master class on YouTube and the trailer for it is high comedy. Like, it looks like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It's just so over the top and strange. And he has a point where he's like, he's sitting there and he goes, like he's in this weird theater and he, he goes, oh, you know, uh, anyone can do it. He goes, you know, the theme for Sherlock, he goes, one microphone and a laptop. Boom. And it's like, you're surrounded by millions of dollars worth <laughs> yeah, of equipment yeah, yeah. and you have teams of people who work under you. Like, Hans Zimmer is like, James Patterson. When it comes to books, now like he just slaps his name on things and has all these people around him. So yeah, I'm sure it'd be easy to do all these, or at least fun to do all these projects if you didn't have to worry about paying the fucking rent. So yeah,
2: of all true. the people I thought you would have beef with, I never thought it would be Hans Zimmer. It's not beef
6: with Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer is a some, lovely man. That Hans- is the title of the episode. I beef with Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer has made some phenomenal music. I like him a lot, but he's also look up that trailer and try not to laugh. Okay, I that's will all do I'm that. saying. Okay? okay,
2: but I do think Jack White is like he's dead right to you know, yeah. push the boundaries of creativity however the bloody hell he can. I mean, know?
0: he's a bit of weirdo, isn't he? Like, you're, you're really you've always been
6: a big fan.
2: I, I,
0: I love him, yeah. I'm I think he's great. I think this. he's a proper rock star, like, in the sense that he's just skeptic. interesting and, you know, strange and a bit otherworldly. I
6: liked his James Bond theme with Alicia Keys. Thought that was fun. No one, no, no one else? to to
0: it. Oh, yeah, I really yeah. liked it too. Yeah, Another that Way good. to Die. Yeah. 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 It was I'm, good. It was I'm, different.
2: I'm going to Detroit in two weeks, so I'm going to go to see his, like, Third Man Records store. Oh and he has, like, they've just started actually producing... Final, so I think you can pay to get it nice. produced it in America or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be so quirky, I'm not going to be able to handle it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm jealous. I'll never that be back. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last period.
6: Please, no, no, please give us a, a frontline report. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Inserted. Been roped into doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One per episode. Uh, Phil Collins is coming to Ireland pretty soon. He's going to be supported by Blondie at a big stadium gig. And uh, he got a letter from his daughter. And apparently, it's for the world to read as well.
0: Yeah, so actress Lily Collins. Do you guys know her because yeah. you watch yes. movies and stuff on TV? Sure. Okay, is she, what's she in? A
6: powerhouse performance in the Taylor Lautner post Twilight flop abduction. Oh, well, okay, that's a bad movie.
2: She's <laughs> done a good few rom coms, hasn't she? She did a Love Rosie mirror
6: mirror type thing. Was that her or the some Cinderella type type deal? Yes. And she was in like the Mortal Instruments. A lot of failed. She's
2: in a, a movie soon with Alden Ehrenreich. Otherwise known as future past Han Solo.
6: Yeah, that's... A, oh, right, right He right. was in Hail Caesar. He stole the movie. Oh, he was great. He is good. Uh, Lily I, Collins, I that Lily Collins uh, <laughs> uh, rivals Colin Farrell in the eyebrow game. She's has terrific eyebrows.
0: Okay, well, she's got a new book of essays out.
2: Which I, I hadn't heard of before this very moment.
0: <laughs> Unfiltered. No shame, no regrets, just me. It doesn't sound like a bit of a vanity project. You <laughs> I mean, see,
2: female celebrities writing their memoirs is like my favourite genre of books I'm actually surprised I haven't heard about it at
0: 27 years of age as well no less yeah Yeah. I mean just when like every essay is about you I feel like that might be a bit overkill (laughs) But actually, no, one of the letters is about her dad. Um, And it's actually quite a serious letter, in fairness. I mean, she talks about her feelings of abandonment and frustration. um, But then kind of goes on to say, you know, she hopes they can develop a stronger bond. But it turns out, like, surprise, surprise, Phil Collins, as a big rock star in the 70s and 80s, wasn't really around much. He, like, moved to Switzerland to be with what would become his second wife. Actually, no, sorry, his third wife. Um, So she kind of felt hugely abandoned. She talks about how, you know, she struggled with an eating disorder. She said that a lot of her deepest insecurity stemmed from these issues with her dad. So she's kind of spoken out about that. And in fairness, I mean, you could say, I mean airing Dirty Laundry but he's kind of put out his own book and his kind of warts and all and talked about how he wasn't the best of guys so it seems like they're cool with airing that kind of stuff but I don't know it seems like a kind of classic rock and roll star kid thing right yeah I guess so the spectacularly titled
6: Not Dead Yet book by the way which title right. uh, yeah, also he, the name of his tour he seems like quite
0: a funny guy just in terms of being interviewed. And well, well, there, there is and
2: that story about him breaking up with that wife. I think the second one. Okay. The fax machine? fax machine, yeah. which is oh the most right. 80s thing That is amazing. Ever happened. I love
0: that. And I don't know if
2: that's true. And I'm sure it was very heartbreaking for the woman. Yeah. But do enjoy that i don't. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> i saw uh, another nine linked uh, this week or last week to a uh, 70 hour version of the drum loop from in the drum fill from in the Air tonight yeah wow. how long do you reckon you could last
0: you see this is the thing i can't get on board with the like the kind of post irony actually all the music in the 80s was great i'm on board with that but I phil collins that's... is too far oh no for no 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 phil collins, Not has phil collins seen it
6: please back me up on this phil collins I love has some phil collins. really very yeah. much He's got some fucking Take great me songs. home. Have you heard no. Take Me
3: Home?
0: I've heard all
6: of
3: it. You've heard everything. I've heard it
6: all. He sounds like me now. This is willful <laughs> ignorance over here and total disrespect. I was just
2: passing a- the cynical from one of us to I'm the other. I'm a Peter
6: Gabriel guy, okay? You have to choose your teams. Do you actually not like in the air tonight?
0: No, I it's don't brilliant. Really, no, now it might be because of the association with the gorilla. The that, but
6: that's brilliant. That's one of the best ads I've ever seen. Mm. There's a great story about that ad table. about how, like you know, like they had to fight and fight so hard for that ad to happen, and thank God they did.
0: That's iconic, man. Okay, all right. Well, Susudio. Actually, that's kind of a tune. C- C- Susudio. Yeah, I, I like the fact I, it's made. I believe
2: word. that everyone likes Phil Collins.
0: They just don't want to say it.
2: Yeah, or maybe they just aren't aware of it. Like, maybe it's not like you don't put on his albums. I
0: don't put on his albums, that <laughs> but is But <true. laughs> I, I
2: firmly believe that you do like Phil Collins. Uh,
0: I, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of him more than... When I hear the songs, I'm just like, I can't imagine how he ever became so enormous. Like He was gigantic. New you Genesis man?
6: Yeah, is that, is that what I'm hearing? I about was about?
0: a Peter Gabriel guy, so yeah. It's <laughs> very much people one the other, I think. I could see Craig on a Sunday,
6: smoking jacket, glass of red listening to Duke or something like that yeah
0: (laughs) bit of so maybe Um, I can't believe you don't like in the air tonight Jesus Christ no I'd rather listen to I don't know in your eyes (laughs) what else is in the news this week Gregor Uh, so Zayn Malik has been um, given an award (laughs) reluctantly
2: (laughs) given an award
0: (laughs) well he was nobody wanted to give it to him he was foisted this award um, which wasn't his and then he was given a fake award so essentially the iHeartRadio music awards which was hosted by can anyone guess Dermot O'Leary? It was in California. Zane Lowe? No. It was Ryan Seacrest. Oh, good God. But also, iHeartRadio is definitely... That's
2: why I've never heard of iHeartRadio, because it's American.
0: Yeah, and you know what it is? It's owned by Clear Channel. Ah, Oh, So, actually at this award ceremony that no one heard about, Bruno Mars played, and Ed Sheeran played, and everyone played, because Clear Channel ruled the world. But they don't rule giving out awards well... So essentially what happened was this Oscars flub style thing where I think they were in rehearsals um, and they put out online that Zayn Malik had won best music video for Pillow Talk. Fortunately, Zayn was not the true winner, it was Fifth Harmony, which was, you know, obviously the realistic choice. They then kind of took to Twitter again and announced the mistake in a series of apologetic tweets. Um, we want to apologize to all fans for the confusion. Incorrect messaging was pushed out on Saturday night during rehearsals. Um... They then went on to say that essentially he was the winner of best solo breakout artist. <laughs> Congratulations again to all of our winners. And then people quickly realized that this wasn't a thing and it was the hashtag um hashtag #iheart was rigged. So essentially people that were also nominated in this fake awards bracket were like what? We didn't hear about this because it wasn't a thing. They just made it up to keep saying happy, keep him sweet. I don't know.
2: I'm so confused and I so don't care. <laughs> like, this story makes, me, makes my head hurt so much. It's like someone gave an award to someone and then decided to give another award to another person but decided at the wrong time in history to do it, so there was backlash. I, yep. just,
0: I just think that thinking that you can just make up an award now when the internet exists and like all of your other categories are put out there is somehow it's somehow G- going to cover it up and no one's going to realise. But like... And also feeling that you have to appease Zane. But see, because you're... It's
6: more appeasing Zayn's fan base because you're dealing with Fifth Harmony fans and Zayn Malik fans who are massive on social media and there are so many fan-based accounts. I'm pretty sure... Have you checked recently, Craig? I know after you interviewed, was it... Was it um, Mark Fahili from Westlife? Yeah. You interviewed him a while ago. I did, yeah. And I remember you putting it up online saying, Here's Mar- my- interview- Marcus, by the way. Sorry, sorry. I know, yeah, he, he went all serious popster star, avant-garde style. And I know you put up a thing saying, Here's my interview with Marcus Fahili. Which led to you being retweeted like about you know a hundred times, and then didn't you get like you know lots of like Mark Fahili Indonesia fan accounts following you? Yeah, so it's a big business this yeah. social media, and
0: game. also because I always have to follow people back even if they're like they're possibly bots because Greg I just feel back bad like, porn bots on Twitter. it uh, well, feels impolite? No, because I didn't realize that they were porn. bots <laughs> Or I'm just like <laughs> He's raised right. I don't well, like you the idea automatically of someone fr- it. like following me, and I'm just like oh great. So yeah, I just do it automatically.
2: That's what they're that's they want. But
0: then I have like that feed where it's just like all teenage girls that like kind of Westlife and stuff and Codeline actually when I did just kind of Codeline interviews there'd be a lot that would follow me so I just had too much of like clogged up with people talking about their leaving certs so there's been a call do you feel like a massive creep uh no it was just kind of like this isn't a world i should really be
6: in you gotta get just that for... ratio going man you know followers <laughs> to following you know like i mean like, you're never gonna get it like this i've got follow- uh,
2: everyone's twitter is just completely messed up i hate twitter I hate
6: you so love much. twitter I, I, I hate it dave,
0: hashtag dave does twitter is your life <laughs>
2: at
6: henry dave on twitter if you want to follow <laughs> me uh, but i really don't like it and i'm very obnoxious on it i don't mean to be i'm very misunderstood But will our Songs of the Week be misunderstood? Uh, It's been a bit of a scattershot week for Songs of the Week, and we should probably start with one that was teased, and we almost had it for the live show, but we didn't, and it's The Return of Lord. This is called Green Light, and it sounds a little bit like this. Right, that's Green Light. Uh, I'm giving it the Red Light. I think this is terrible. I think this is really, really bad. I loved her first album. I was waiting for some more interesting stuff. And this is just every generic studio-strewn pop song and boardroom decided pop song i've ever heard it sounds like about four songs in one the chorus is just i guess she wants to play arenas and award shows now on on the regular i'm very very disappointed i hope the album will have more of the first style i can understand why you would do this you want to move into a commercial direction but especially after all the talk she's been putting up about it this was a massive letdown for me selena murphy
2: i really like this um this is probably my favorite of her songs but oh. i wasn't a massive fan before um I really like her voice in that lower register. I think she's captured the vibe that she set out to capture, which seems to be like being in a club on a night out with your girls and deciding that, fuck this, my relationship is in tatters. I'm going to just completely end it. Um, I think that comes across really well. I love the energy. Um, Yeah, I mean, the chorus is catchy. Mm. I mean, it's been in my head pretty much all week. Um, And yeah, as I said, like, I I do love that that lower thing she's doing with her voice, I think is a really good place for her voice.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, to begin with, I was like, this is just video games in terms of piano chords. It was very like that. Hmm. And then the switch up kind of took me by surprise, not in a great way. But actually, as it kind of reached its culmination, I think the chorus is pretty strong. Mm. I think the hook is good. and It has been stuck in my head. So it kind of works for me. Although I will say, like, I like the melody. I like kind of the scene, you know, she sets with the song, as you were saying. But kind of musically, it's a bit kind of generic. It's a bit, here's a kind of bit of house piano once we hit that beat. And it's kind of, I don't know. It's definitely trying to be other songs. I think the last song that was stuck in her head, Freak, was that terrible Coldplay Chainsmokers
6: one. I mean, it's (laughs) not always an indicator of a quality song. I mean, I appreciate that it hits the marks, but at the same time, and even that piano, that like when when that kind of house piano that you referenced Mm. there, Greg comes in, that's a bit Coldplay as well. And it's not that she's doing anything particularly wrong here. I just kind of would like more of the kind of style that was on Pure Heroin. And again, I don't begrudge any artist who wants that scale, who wants that ambition. I'm still a big Weekend fan, even if I think that that last record kind of peters out after four or five tracks. And we all know he's doing his best to be the biggest pop star in the world. There's no shame in that. There's no problem with that. But I I expected more from her. But then again, she's like fucking, what, 20? Like, you know, there's a long way to go here. I, I just hope that the album is not this writ large,
0: so you're saying you preferred the early stuff when she was 16. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I didn't get. I really didn't get a sense that this was a kind of cynical, or not even cynical, but this is a kind of ambitious. I want to be massive type song. Maybe, I just kind of. I kind of thought she's just been digging this kind of music course, and she wants to write that type of that song. Of
6: chorus is going to be everywhere. It's going to be on like. It will know, be everywhere. But I just. On... But
2: that's probably more why it's the first single as opposed to yeah. why she wrote the song. Like she probably writes a thousand songs and then gives them to the label and they're like, oh well, this one's a radio hit and then yeah you picked the other one yeah that's a good point uh, i hopefully. do think it's a bit weak lyrically i mean it's a bit kind of straightforward it's
0: it's kind of yeah lacking what we got off pure heroin which was like a bit of kind of knowingness and a bit of yeah. wit and stuff there wasn't to, like, any the, like, line that kind of grabbed me yeah but, that's yeah, true
2: i mean i think i I like the sound of it i like the direction she's going in i would listen to an album of this track
6: all right that's fair mm. enough i had higher ups ups up. in, in as much <laughs> as as greg says the kind of the previous kind of you know the light and dark of, of the last record, and you know again I'll reserve judgment fully until I hear it in the context of the whole thing. But she'll for be now, delighted. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, you're very gracious, Dave. <laughs>
0: That's the one thing they always say about Dave. He's very gracious. Post live <laughs> show,
6: it's a whole new me. You know, I'm I'm, I'm maturing uh, in my thirties. <laughs> Up next, all J. Count
5: around, so you lean on, lean
3: on. So much yes be called <laughs> All these three no words Oh let me whisper
5: by the rocking hands of tourists in Drone
6: So that's three WW All J a band that I've never quite understood the appeal of and uh, this track did little for me I do like when Ellie Russell from Wolf Alice pops up halfway through kind of gives the song a bit of a much needed lift obviously deliberately designed to be opaque and a bit strange but I don't know I mean are either of you all J fans?
2: not really
0: not a huge amount like uh, I could never really quite get on board with them I've seen them live and they were very poor and I also I don't know the it's, Radiohead comparisons, I think, threw me to begin with because everyone was just like, "Yeah, they're a bit similar to Radiohead," and it's like, "No." Who they're said just this? Trying a bit hard when they first came out. This was <laughs> what people were talking about. Um, I don't hate them. I think they're trying to do interesting, clever stuff, but sometimes it's a bit too clever, clever. I thought Dave, you might like this because. It's kind of... First of all, the singer is buried for large amounts of it, so... What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. Well, I just... It's kind of... It's them in a more kind of... I didn't...
6: Opaque... I didn't dislike it. I kind of knocked it a bit on Twitter. Uh, But, you know... I hate Twitter. So, no. uh, what, What I want to say was... It's just a bit too that way. I think we have a better song that does that in this list to come. But I just think that it's a little bit too, you know, by the fire, nothing's really happening.
2: It's very lethargic. It's
6: very lethargic,
2: and almost to the point that you're like, am I still listening to music? Yeah, is mm-hmm. this still happening? I in my certainly world? totally forgot about it once yeah, I stopped listening I found to it. Quite five hard minutes hard long to like listen to it like actively, like I was very passively listening yeah, to it,
0: definitely. But then, kind of because it was so willfully obscure, like that I was thinking, is
2: it actually very good?
0: and i'm just it's kind of clicking with yeah, me yeah i did have that I, kind
6: of back and forth like the album which is going to come out is called relaxer comes out on the 9th of june it's only great eight name songs. for this album The songs great. are going to be yeah, like yeah, this it, yeah, it really is maybe it's a sedative <laughs> we had participant on the show a little while ago talking about how he you know had some kind of like you know relaxation tapes as part of his set so maybe they're taking a leaf out of his book mm. but i mean you know uh, it's eight songs which already scores a Couple of stars for me in the brevity corner. I'm a big fan of that. In and out, and I just yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I would totally agree with Cena in as much as like it's it's too meandering, it's too maze like. Yeah. It's just kind of I mean, like, I
2: like the melody, but
6: it barely qualifies as a song. Uh, as I say, when you get the bit of life halfway through, I thought we well, thought that was great. Um, but overall, again, I think with this one, I need to judge it in the full context. But. Uh, it's, I'll say this. It's a much better comeback effort than when they brought out that song Left Hand Free off their second record. It was irritating, yeah. That's legitimately one of the worst songs
0: ever written. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it's stuff like that and <laughs> the kind of Miley Cyrus stuff where you're thinking they're just trying maybe a bit too hard. Oh, I forgot about that. But lovely guys and they are good musicians. And I, li- I like the sound of this, I do, I but mean, it could fit really nicely right into an album <laughs> somewhere. It, yeah, that's, that's true. I
2: think that's my overriding feeling is I could like this in the context of other songs, yeah. but on its own I'm a bit like... I don't know when I'm going to really get a craving to listen to this. Yeah, probably, that's probably not. What it
6: is. Soon. Well, let's have a song which is cut from a similar enough cloth. It's The Return of Fleet Foxes, now without Father John Misty on the drums. This, this is 3rd of May, and I can't even begin to pronounce the accompanying double A side here. So, do you want to. Odegahara? One more time? Odegahara? That's what he said. This is what it sounds like. As we stood,
3: congregated at the fire by the song remained so I headed to the wall turn tail to call to the new domain as if in the side of sea you're suddenly
6: all right Pete Foxes are back Craig this is a, a band that are always kind of you know associated with kind of fires and the
0: winter and that kind of thing and you know, do, do they still have anything left to say? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's cut, at the start of it, it sounds like they've been around the same campfire <laughs> for the last six years, just kind of playing the they same music. <laughs> yeah, they just live there. But actually, this is really good. There's like, I don't know, it's it's really long. It kind of has this stormy feel to it where it goes from like big surging, kind of strident Western kind of, you know, widescreen moments to like... Almost like a pared back like Leonard Cohen songs from a room just very sparse bits and then you're kind of swept off again which I thought was really interesting. And I think because it's so kind of you know it's this long work has a definite narrative to it. It feels like he wrote this for a reason and hopefully the rest of the album's like this and it wasn't a case of okay we need, we need to get back in the saddle it's like okay we've got something new to say we've got something new to kind of play <laughs>
6: yeah I mean um, like you know obviously Follow Gemist is no longer with this band I mean, even yeah, if he he's at-
0: only a touring drummer I mean it's not like he was integral to their
6: okay steady on <laughs> yeah.
0: no but I mean yeah, my favourite thing about Field Foxes is, is videos of them with him in the background looking bored I'm not saying anything uh, like that but it's not like he well, was, I was say you know, like if a you break look
6: look these, these guys down to their names you know you got what Robin. Pecknold, yeah. uh, Joshua Tillman, uh, the guitarist, Skylar uh, Skelset.
2: Why are you slagging off their names? No, no, they I'm not. can't help their names. Skillset.
6: I'm, I'm not Skillset. I'm not slagging them off. I, I think their names are fantastic. They sound like something out of like a spy novel.
2: Oh, like somebody wrote these people yeah. into life to be in this band. Exactly. We were just yeah, talking for, about yeah, a band yeah, yeah. that
0: has a guy in it called Gus Unger Hamilton. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think these are great names. Uh, yeah. yeah, And I think this is a great song. Uh, it is. Again, quite rambling, and you do have that kind of thing where, like, I can get up and just, you know, go downstairs and check on my washing while this is still playing, I can come back and not miss too much, but, yeah, it sets the tone for a record that I didn't really know that I needed, so hopefully when it comes out, I'll be, you know, kicking back and enjoying it properly
0: and I read an interview with uh, Robin Pecknold recently which made me kind of really like them all the more where he talked about why they went away and he was in college and they were doing other stuff but he also it was like that kind of 2012 to 2016 folk explosion where it was just the Lumineers and yeah. He's just like it was culturally exhausting I mean no one needed us around us like fair play mate <laughs> and they kind of started that and did it a lot better so yeah that yeah. first record in particular is great yeah they have uh, some great songs Sina what's your take on this
2: Yeah, I mean, I like that it changes tack so much throughout it. And I mean, I guess that's because in nine minutes, you kind of have to change it up. You can't really just repeat the same chorus like 14 times. Um, Yeah, I like it. I mean, I found the most interesting part of it was like six minutes in when he does that very like stripped back thing. Um, I think it might be nice in a kind of like as a soundtrack. Like I feel like these guys would be good at soundtracks.
6: Yeah, that's a really good call. And I think it's, I actually... Yeah, it's very
2: big scale, kind of... That All J one before sleeping. as well
6: would be on, on a similar tone as well. And even like the cover of that All J record looks like a 1980s film poster like designed by a fan or something like like in a throwback way. So yeah, I, I think we're looking at two albums here that are going to be a lot more of an atmosphere than perhaps, you know, 80s. The singles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. This again could fit really nicely into that album and I could end up loving that album. But it's hard to comment on just this song because it's very... I mean, it. I couldn't sing it back to you, and I've listened to it about 10 times. (laughs) But it's beautiful. I do think it's a beautiful song.
6: Another band that trade on atmosphere are Girlpool. They're back with one, two, three. Now, Girl are one of those bands I've kind of struggled with because I've kind of felt that, like, there's something very trendy about them. Like, I know a lot of blogs are very fond of them, and, like, I kind of, like, I found it hard to get into them. I kind of feel like, you know, some of their aesthetic appears to be a case of, like, here's another song where nothing happens, but it sounds really kind of well put together, and, you know, like, it's it's got a really lovely kind of tinge about it. This one
0: grabbed me a lot more than most. I really like this. Craig. I'm surprised because you didn't really like this band, but I'm glad and I'm in agreement because I really liked it too. I'm shocked. I was
6: waiting to be like, this is going to be fucking But actually I was like, no, this is really I mean,
0: the last record before the world was big. I like the, again, like the kind of idea of them just very stripped back uh, guitar and bass and doing very kind of simple songs. There's almost a kind of Daniel Johnson feel to them where just a naivety um, are certainly just most, you know, lo-fi, slacker, American rock as well. Um, but when I listened to it, it was there wasn't a lot there. It was too kind of, uh, I guess twee probably isn't the right word, but it felt a bit a bit precious. Um, whereas this, they're definitely getting bigger. It's a big kind of full band sound. And it's kind of very catchy and it's kind of hypnotic and it's great. It's just kind of this revolving thing. There's no real chorus. It just progresses along and it's pretty gripping. I thought it was good. Yeah, I
6: hate to make obvious comparisons, but I'm brought back to growing up in a house where the Breeders and Belly were played a lot, and like those songs lived and died on the strength of their front women and and just how kind of much conviction they brought to the songs and how much energy they brought to the songs. And I I agree with you. I wasn't hearing that on on what I heard before, but this one I was just like, "Yep, yeah, this is what I wanted from this band," and I hope that we get more of it down the road, Selena.
2: Yeah, I feel like they very much know how to put their own sound on record because I felt kind of like listening to this, like I could close my eyes and I could be at their gig. Like, yeah. it, I feel like <clears throat> they could easily sort of take, like go too far with experimentation with production and stuff. And it's very stripped down and lo-fi. And I think they've done the song justice by recording it that way. Um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I'm I'm not like, over the moon in love with it but i did like it
6: yeah i mean it makes an impression and i kind of finally understand the hype around them i don't think they're going to go full like you know dilly dally and be like you know the all-female pixies or anything and that's fine i guess that space is already covered but yeah i mean like i kind of wrote them off and again a bit dismissively but this is this is what i wanted a bit of teeth and we have it but do we have a bit of teeth with uh, the comeback of superstar producer dj extraordinaire norman cook Fatboy slim is back
3: where you is, is where it's at, and you can't beat that with a baseball bat. Where you is, is where it's at, and you can't beat that with a bat. Where you is, is where it's at, and you can't beat that with a baseball bat. Where you is, is where it's at, and you can't beat that with a bat.
6: Yeah, this song is called Where You Is. Craig brought it to my attention earlier in the week. And I You're wish, welcome. And I wish he didn't.
2: What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's the 90s. Please, guys, what's happening?
6: This is really bad. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. Like, they like- like, they're like, anyone who's seen his sets in 2015 will know about this party pleaser. And I was like... This sounds like a really.
0: Re- He's been road testing this for years. This sounds like a
6: rejected <laughs> ITV kid show
0: TV theme from like 1987 or something. It's terrible. Yeah. But like, this is f- about four years since his last song, which was Eat, Sleep, Brave, Repeat, which again was terrible. And There's a time and a place for Eat, Sleep, Brave, Repeat. Oh, really? You're a yeah. fan? Uh, it's Good in the Gym. Okay.
6: Also, I thought that was a Calvin Harris
2: song. Not in a rave, no.
6: Uh, I'm, yeah, not in a
0: rave now. No, no. no not gym, for, not for <laughs> early morning gym session. Well, I will say, I <laughs> early, will say r- that early morning pitch meeting. <laughs> I will say that vocal is better than this because he's just like okay. He kind of built his whole career on obviously big slamming beats, but also picking. S- can, can we have that again? <laughs> big slamming beats. Yes. <laughs> um, but also like really kind of picking really good vocal samples and just kind of dragging them out and making them massive things. And he was very good at picking stuff that could be expanded in that way. But on this, it's just, like, obnoxious. It's Bismarcky, and, you know, God bless him, but, like, <laughs> this is just, it's like being hit in the head with a baseball bat. It's so insistent. Like, it started playing the 12-inch version, started playing on this Spotify. I was like, this is hell. It's like a drill to my head. And, I won't, like, the other thing is that the music, which is very 90s, doesn't really, it doesn't interact with the vocal at all. Like, there's no... It doesn't gel with it whatsoever. And then there's a kind of half-hearted attempt at building to a drop, which never really comes. And it's like a Ford Cortina trying to get a hill. There's one thing you want
2: from Fatboy Slim. It's a bloody drop. Yeah,
0: and he can't even manage that. Oh, it's just lacklustre. All right, I have
2: two things to say about this song. One, I enjoy the bass line immensely, even though oh, it's one of those yeah. bass lines that's, like, made in, like, a laboratory in a test tube to make you go, like, to bop around. <laughs> yeah. Um, And the other thing... So in a way I kinda like it. And then I mean I get that they're you know, he wants to throw back to this like early rap with the Bismarcky sample. But Bismarcky didn't rap the same line over and over again (laughs) on purpose because he knew that would be annoying. Yeah. And I feel like it is in- intensely annoying.
0: I mean, I feel like you should never question Bismarcky's judgment on these things. On anything, and Norman Cook has. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he said, "I know better." It's being as just keep this one line. Just
0: say it again. <laughs>
2: again. Like, on, on, <laughs> <laughs> play the note. Play Can the I get that line note. one
6: more time? <laughs> <laughs> what is this take? Fifty? No, no, it's fine. I'm doing a thing. But I, mean, I mean, like
2: how many times is is? It, it's one line, maybe a hundred times. Like, and that's the thing is, I plus. Press play on this song, and I thought, ooh, I, I quite like this. I'm getting into this. And then, you know, 30 seconds in, I was like, no, no too far. I cannot. It took anymore. me a
6: couple of minutes before I realised. I was like, wait a minute, wait, hang on. I was like, I feel like I'm having, a, I'm having some kind of weird brain thing. And I was like, oh yeah, this is just a really, really repetitive song. It would like, be great,
2: like, as part of a... Well, maybe great's too big a word. It would be good as part of, like, a live set if he, that he played, like, little snippets of it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, played half of it. It's just, it's a lot. Like, three minutes of it is a lot. Yeah, like, it
0: reminded me slightly... Uh, in terms of just hammering that vocal in uh, of um, that Frankie Sinatra Avalanche's comeback, which everyone kind of hated. I thought it actually worked well in the context of the album. But in the case of that, they just worked that sample much better, I felt, even if it was kind of insistent. Whereas this, again, even if you like the music, like that vocal is just sitting Incessant. on top of it, just going and it's not being transformed by the music around it. Yeah, it's just, this like it just when, is. This is like when Get Lucky first came out and when
6: the first thing that came out was like, a leaked version of it and it was just 30 seconds mm-hmm. on loop yeah. <laughs> yeah and it took me like I was like this is pretty alright and I was like wait a minute am I listening to the same 30 seconds but that I was ever?
0: actually good though <laughs> <it>? that, <laughs> well, that was seconds. a lot better <laughs> than
6: this yeah it begs the question though Like, does Fatboy Sam need to even release anything anymore I mean like, like he's a touring DJ he makes millions a year I presume I haven't looked up his figures but you would assume he does and I mean like the days of him making an interesting record appear to be gone I mean I, I loved that first record when I was younger like I mean I was obsessed with it kind of wore it out and I think you know he's he, over the years he's had the odd kind of decent banger but overall. He just strikes me as, like, you know, his stock and trade is just touring the world and, you know, playing hmm. sets to people who love him. So why try and write a song anymore?
2: Yeah, I mean... Probably because that's what he started doing. Yeah, and, you know, keep I doing guess... doing your
0: thing. But it's weird to just kind of put out one song after he's apparently been playing it a lot live for years.
2: <laughs> you see, he doesn't have an incentive, really, to release albums. Yeah. Uh, you know, as in, he's probably not... Feeling like, oh god, you know, I need to get an album in two thousand seventeen or anything. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm he's not thinking a label he's is he like, I'm yeah.
0: thinking he's surely working on other material as well, or playing other songs. So he must really stand behind this song. If he's going, okay, this is my first release in four years. Do you know what I mean? He's like the people need to hear this that aren't come to my gigs. I okay. don't know. Well, look,
6: someone, someone who yeah. is using the album to advances career. De-
0: devastating effect <laughs> to,
6: dev- to electrifying effect you heard him at the start of the show it's young edward sheeran and uh, this is off Divide. let that's have to the listener smell
3: like <laughs> you something i'm in love with your body i'm in love with your body i'm in love with your body First
6: so so that's Shape of the You. We discussed the it previously on the podcast when it came out along with Castle on the Hill. I said that one sounded like Mumford and & Sons and one sounded like Sia. Shape of You sounds like Sia to me. And uh, yeah, it it comes four tracks in. He does this thing on his records. Before we really get going here, I mean, like, he does this thing where it's very kind of whiplashy. It's like, you know, here's the, yeah. you know, introverted, you know, ballad and now here's the more radio friendly song and now here's the introverted ballad
0: and here's the more radio friendly song. Uh how did you guys get on with this record? I don't even know where to start. It's very schizophrenic. I will say it's very memorable as well. Like after one listen through of this record I could have told you about what was happening on track seven. Like this is, you know yeah, as weird, you say, because it? he yeah. switches it up so much and because he is this very talented guy at like, you know, creating these songs that are gonna be hits obviously. And like I'm sure well, all of these songs are hits because they're just dominating Spotify and streaming services and everything. But, I mean, I don't know if I could call any of the songs on this really, really good songs, <laughs> even though they're memorable. So I don't know what that means. Um, the singles, uh, Castle on the Hill kind of works, even in like a really cynical way. I mean, it has that. It's almost like a driving home for Christmas sentiment. How old was he when he broke his leg again? oh six years old is that oh six years old that's it I broke my leg yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and combined with like some u2 like sometimes you can't make it on your own just like anthemic yeah, driving thing like he's, so. he's good at hitting those notes and then he does like shape of you which is clearly just like okay now you have to do you know this song for this demographic and it's just him doing that tropical sparse pop thing that's been everywhere for like three years and it's just his version of that and it's disgusting I guess <laughs> like really is just a disgusting song. It's horrible. It's so oh my god, weirdly Craig! Dead-eyed. I love
2: it so much. <laughs> so my feeling on this album is basically "Shape of You." I've downloaded on iTunes and have been listening to on a loop. Really, and every not none of the other songs will I ever listen to again. <laughs> but so he wrote "Shape of You" and gave it to Rihanna, who rejected it. Which love Rihanna is kind of a bit of a head fuck because. I've realised that my favourite version of Ed Sheeran is Ed Sheeran pretending to be a woman who he thinks is defined by two characteristics. One, she's a sexy lady. And two, she's from Barbados. Um, so, like, I
0: think that's why I find this disgusting. <laughs>
2: but, I, like, honestly, if he... If there was an album by Ed Sheeran called Songs Rejected by Rihanna, I would be... I would be paying literal money for <laughs> <laughs> it i would be paying up to including 20 euro for it um i just i love shape of you it's so i mean it is like you're gonna tell me that it's like generic and it's you know cynically made for pop audience whatever and it obviously is he wouldn't write a song for rihanna that he thought was going to be you know her b-side or you know on her deluxe issue or anything but i lo- i just i love the feel of it it reminds me of like justified ear just in timberlake and i love it Uh, But it sounds like nothing else in the album and then nothing else in the album. I mean, I think you're right, Craig, that's very disjointed. Like it kind of sounds like a collection of songs Hmm. or like a greatest hits. Yeah. Or something.
6: Yeah, my only real issue with Shape of You is the weird woah 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 bit, which sounds that's like what pop music is.
2: What,
0: <laughs> what about when he starts going? mm-hmm-hmm?
6: It's very. <laughs> and I get like you can you hear. See, he a thought different that would be sexy that. when
0: He can't. It. He does no, 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 it see, though. This, he can't this, do it. This, he can't yeah, sell yeah, it. Yeah,
6: thank you. This is the problem. Okay, first of all, the woah bit, like, I mean, makes a lot more sense if if doing it, but coming from his voice, it just reminds me of Walking on Cars and their whole shtick. Whereas Ed Sheeran. And I'm sure millions of girls would disagree with me. Um, I don't think he can do sexy. Like he can't do sexy. His whole thing. Did you see the fucking picture of him in HMV when he was buying his own album? Like as if he was like you know on the morning of an election going to cast the vote. Yeah. He's dressed up like the staff. He's wearing like the divide T-shirt. He has a name bad. With, uh, name I felt bad, with bad
3: when
0: everyone's Ed lagging him it. over that though because like.
6: You but know. it just like it just looks odd and yeah. like you know like again the whole Ed Sheeran thing appears to be like you know oh, but he's a great guy. And it's like, okay, cool. But as a pop star, he's maybe the least interesting one out there. Like, he's so beige, and yet he's so massive, and I don't quite get it. Like, my kind of... I don't hate this album. And the weird thing is, I mean, like, my kind of relationship with Ed Sheeran started in Hot Press Magazine. And uh, I said (laughs) it before in the podcast where it's like... (laughs) That first album comes out, right? And I was just out of college, and I was in very much Charlie Brooker mode, wanting to be cool, and is a bit angry, and all that kind of stuff. Not like now, obviously. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm giving the album to review his first album. It's called fucking Plus, was it? Plus. Yeah, plus, yeah. Plus and I wrote, I wrote this really angry review, and gave it one out of five, and I trashed it. And I was called into the office, and I was told, we're not printing this. You know, we have to stand by, blah, blah, blah. There's one line in particular in it, I said it before, but it was, like I said, um he dives headfirst in, uh, into genres and styles that he has no business even listening to, which to this day, Craig Fitzpatrick says,
0: yeah, I thought that Bit was, a, yeah, you can't, you can't, but hold on, wait, actually, to update this story that we've heard quite a lot. I did, said at the time, come on, people should be allowed to, you know, delve into whatever music they want. That's an absolutely ridiculous thing to say. When we get into the deluxe version of this album, there's a song, track 14, which yeah. I feel bad about even saying the title bibia bay yeah yeah it's, it's lot like of, he lot went of cultural to Africa, appropriation It's of a this gap year album. let's say he didn't do it as well as vampire weekend to okay, put it okay. mildly i will concede so- <laughs> and the only
6: reason i'm telling this story again by the way is because it's 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 actually contextually relevant for once uh because it led to that album being passed down the line i think you
2: might have reviewed it i can't remember if i reviewed it or not but i feel like i mean i think if I, I would have brought up, like, I think the same issue with that sentence. Like, that sentence is ridiculous. Yes, right? that's fair. But yes. I think part of the reason why, you know, they didn't want to give it a terrible, like, scathing review is because I was interviewing Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Or I did interview him soon after that. So at yeah. the time, they were probably trying to secure an interview with of him. Of course.
6: And I understand that. And again, like, you know, I was very much in my kind of stubborn mode. And, you know, I think apart from that, the review... Was okay. I, I didn't have any major issue with it. But the point is, when it comes to his second album, I reviewed that for Drowned in Sound three years ago. And I wrote a very thoughtful review, I believe. I gave it 4 out of 10, but I think it's a very fair review. And, you know, I I had I learned kind of from the previous one. and but, but what I also learned in coming to that record, though, was that I was like, I'm going to give more of a chance than I gave him before when I was being a bit of a dick. And I did give him more of a chance, and I just didn't quite get it back from him. And my whole thing was, this guy's really fucking talented, and he chooses to write these saccharine songs for the audience that he's a very, very tight fan base with, instead of trying to be a bit more adventurous. And I mean, I wrote in this, if, if I may quote from my own review, if I may be like that pretentious for sure. just a second. It is your own, <laughs> own podcast.
5: <laughs> I I said, um,
6: I said, you know, every man of motion, straightforward lyrics, relatable pain. We've all been there. That's the Sheeran blueprint, and it's unlikely to go away regardless of the girl in question. He doesn't write for the critics, and a tight relationship with his fans means he's so bulletproof that there's no real need to. However, he did speak before of a desire to win critics over. And I just find it with this album, I was genuinely curious to see if he would kind of advanced a little bit. And I think, if anything, he's taken a step back.
0: Yeah, like I actually I interviewed him for The Last Record and I didn't actually mind The Last Record. I thought there was some actually interesting stuff on it. And when he tried to do kind of hip-hop and stuff like that, it came off a lot better than it does here for whatever reason. He seems to have taken steps back where, Dave, last episode you were talking about um, the opening track and you said you thought it was pretty good. What do you think of the, the, that was a kind of live version? Yeah, there's like a
6: six-minute version uh, that he did for some uh, web thing that had previously supported him Which, and I thought it was surprisingly all right even though it's still not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Eraser is the name of the track. It opens up this one and it's the, yeah, it's a a more cut-down version. Uh, Not great. I mean, One of the more interesting tracks on the record because it actually does veer around the place a little bit, and it does have some of those lyrics that are kind of vaguely interesting, but he kind of cut out the best parts of it. At the same time, it's fine. It's grand. As an album opener, it sets a tone
0: that I don't think the rest of the album follows. Yeah. I mean... (sighs) There was lots of moments on this where it was kind of similar to the Rihanna thing where I thought, do you know what, this isn't an absolutely dreadful song. A song like Dive, I was kind of thinking if this was given to Justin Bieber, I'd be like, yeah, fair play, Bieber. Dive is good. good But again, I just can't. It seems such a weird thing to say I would rather the artist didn't sing his own songs because I don't think he can sell them. Um, But that's kind of where we're at. Um. Yeah,
6: I think that's a fair thing to say. You get a track like "Perfect," which to me is just every Westlife track eight ever, and
0: it's kind of like, oh yeah, here's the here's waltz. the wedding song. He, here's yeah, the yeah. wedding. Here's song. the wedding song because the last one. There's, a, there's, there's song. a lot of that, and like even I mean, supermarket flowers. It's about, it's, a about his gr- it's about his grandmother. Like, yeah, it's yeah, a bit, yeah. But it's him. It's such a strange approach he's taken because he's writing first person as his mother grieving for her mother. Mm-hmm. And it's so confusing. I feel like Kanye could do it.
2: Well, you would have missed this, Dave, if you didn't listen to the deluxe issue. But there is a song later on where he sings a love song to, I don't know if it's the same grandmother or the other grandmother, okay. but Nancy Mulligan, did yeah. you hear it, Craig? And yeah. he's... Singing a love song, pretending to be his grandfather, wooing his grandmother. Yeah, which is so much. Now, in fairness, it's so much creepier when I say it like that <laughs> than it is when you hear the song because you know the song is fine or whatever. Well, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's some there's some even like the way that even the way here. that
6: like you know Super Fires ends with the whole hallelujah thing. Like he, there's a song called "A Fire Love" on the second record, and it is just a wash with Heavenly Hokum. I think he's a secret Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> I there, would not be. There surprised. was a good
2: bit of um, Jesus talk on on that one. Yeah, actually.
6: but but then you get a track like "New Man,"
0: which is like you know he's kind of having a laugh. He's and, but he's made, like he's having sex with some girl, but she's got a new fella. that He's slagging off, and then it's all a about bro. It's, all a bit,
6: it's all about Instagram and broing, and like you know, like if you thought Kanye West made bleached assholes was awkward, then. Try having Ed Sheeran talk about
0: it, you uh, know? I thought the last bonus track actually was pretty okay, Save Myself. Because he sounds yeah. like he's actually being heartfelt in a real way. Like, yeah. he's, And he's kind of... Dave, you talked about how you think he's venomous at times, which I don't think he is. Like, But uh, I actually like the side where he can kind of drop the I'm a nice guy all the time. If you, you call back to the last record, I mean, like like you
6: said, like the more kind of interesting kind of outside-the-box aspects. I mean, Sing, which was obviously him doing Justin Timberlake you know with Pharrell on it i think that's a really good pop song don't i think is the name of the record or the song mm, on that record yeah, yeah. which is like you know written about you know an, a famous ex who cheated on him uh whose name i won't say out loud because i don't want to get sued but i think we all know who it is and that was like you know clearly taken from like 90s r&b and like it has but but those songs and that one in particular is him being pissed off and a bit you know, grievous and you're kind of like, "Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. not really getting like new man on this one is kind of on the same tone, but it's just rubbish,
0: jokey, it, kind it kind of
2: bothers me a bit like he's getting real petty, on yeah, it's song. really petty." Yeah. Like so, there's a song on it which I actually wrote on my notes. I don't hate this in caps called "What Do I Know," which is kind of um, a fun, surfy um, oh, yeah. Jack Johnson kind of thing. <laughs> Just, and I liked it. This is the
0: thing there's so much to talk about. in but, this Oh album. yeah, like literally, we could and we go haven't through even gotten to the main event.
2: All <laughs> the tracks and be like, this is a new genre that he's made up. Um, but I liked this song, but it's very much like. Oh, look, lads, I'm not really one to speak about politics. I don't have a <laughs> university degree. But, you know, I think that people should just essentially, when it comes down to it, love each other and be yeah. considerate and respectful and understanding and kind. I was like, great. What a great theme for a song. You know, can't argue with that. But then on this new man song, he's super judgy.
6: He's so nasty on it. Yeah, He's
2: like he's talking about this girl he was with. And now she's gotten she's they've split up and she's with a new guy. And she's slagging off the new guy and, you know, with all these cliches, like, he's got tattoos and he goes to the gym or whatever. And then there's a whole verse where he just slags her off and is like, oh, like, you used to eat crisps with me and now you're eating kale and you're going to the gym and you like Kylie Jenner. And it's like, sorry, Ed, she still deserves love just because <laughs> she likes Kylie Jenner. If she follows Kylie Jenner on Instagram, the woman still deserves kale love and Kale is great and as well. Yeah, Kale's awesome. I love Kale. And, <laughs> and yeah, like, just just a little, bit, a little bit petty for me, that song. I mean, it just rubbed me up the wrong way that no, I No, mean,
0: that's totally fair. He comes across like a fucking dick on w- that Well, song. okay, right. So, if we talk about Go, we Girl. Okay, are we the there yet? The first thing, just to tie into that, is the line where he's just like, she fell in love with an Englishman. Like he's talking about like one day in a pub, yeah, and he's yeah. just like, "Yep, she's in love with me." It's poetic. There's a lot of. Do you think? Or else him having a because and, like you know. people were kind of okay. The whole thing about Ed Sheeran is he's like the guy next door. He's really nice, and by all accounts, he seems lovely. But there's also this thing of like you know he's kind of the underdog, and you're rooting for him. And, like you know, when he passed out The weekend's record for Spotify, everyone's like, yeah, you know, it's a real blah, blah, blah. <laughs> No, but, you know, on Twitter, some people were saying it's crap like this. But I think he is way more self-confident and just, like, cocksure than The weekend is in himself. Well, th- I think he is, like, I am this shit. You raise <laughs> a very
6: interesting thing here because uh, one of the reviews I kind of read was Edward was saying, like, you can't get to the level he's gotten to without some degree of Machiavellian machinations hmm. behind the scenes you know and I'm not saying that you know the guy's a fucking secret serial killer or anything but like you
0: can't be that nice mate No, you know what it is he's the kind of he's the busker he's the guy that had to play gigs to earn some money and he's developed a show and he's a crowd pleaser and it's that amplified to where he's the biggest star in the world but he's still thinking the same way of like okay this will work with like if we talk about Galway Girl the record company apparently begged him not to put it on <laughs> and he was just like nope I'm, I'm having this song and yeah, he
2: seems to have, like, he, he's fairly open about the fact that he wants to be a huge artist, he wants to yeah. do big, I don't know what that thing about the Super Bowl was, because anything I've read from him, he tends to be like, yeah, I'd love right to be as big street, as you yeah. two he or He played whatever. Croke Park, I mean, exactly, like, what's he yeah. on about? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, he has said publicly about Galway Girl that when the record label said to him, like, oh, we're not feeling this. In those exact words, I assume. Um, (laughs) He was like, look, there are millions of Irish people. Like, let's talk numbers, people. You know, I do think he's pretty open about the fact that he wants to be super successful and to build on his success with each album.
0: Which is fine, but it doesn't make for a masterpiece of a record that I want to listen to. It doesn't. (laughs) I mean,
2: the the story behind Galway Girl apparently is... That he did a couple of sessions with um, a trout band called Bioga. Yep. And the girl who plays the fiddle in the band is called Neve Dunn. And they're literally doing like a session. And he looks at her and he's like, She plays the fiddle in an Irish band. And then he makes that the first lyric. And then everything else after that lyric is completely yeah, made up. Yeah.
6: So she didn't drink him under the table or via, beat him in pool. And she's actually not from Limerick.
2: She's from Limerick. She's not from Galway at all. Um,
0: Limerick Girl doesn't work so, yeah Limerick <laughs> Girl doesn't work
2: he actually that's another thing Leach I heard lasts. him say was that he really really tried to like come up with something better than Galway Girl and he couldn't as in he 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 kind of did Galway Girl and was like oh but Mundy's already got that song so I'll have to I don't want to step
6: on Mundy's turf he loves Mundy
2: <laughs> he genuinely loves Mundy he's told me this um and yeah, then he was like, "Actually, Galway girl. Just rolls off the tongue so well that I can't get rid of it."
0: Well, how, he genuinely loves like planksty and Damien yeah. Rice and stuff, you know. So he's he's genuine he's in his love for Irish music, music. but he can't him do when it. You him to like, like,
6: did you? Um, is it behind the eyes. The shark eyes.
2: I, I, I'm going on the record to say that I don't believe he's a cyborg. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think, so I interviewed him once, which was like in a hotel room on our own. And then shortly after, at Electric Picnic in front of a crowd of fans. Yes. And he was so incredibly different. But I, you know, I mean, that's kind of natural, isn't it? Like in Mm. front of his fans, he was so open and charming. And I mean, he, he was very polite when it was just the two of us, but he seemed a bit kind of, I think maybe he probably knew that I didn't like his album and I was probably a bit dismissive. I don't think I was rude to him or anything, but I think I was maybe kind of, I mean, I asked him a whole lot of questions about why he's so into Lego. <laughs> Is I he still into Lego? Very strange.
6: He's got Lego tattoos.
2: Possibly still into
6: yeah. Lego. Lego tattoos. I think yeah. I was I'm a bit to like. Handy to oh, his, to tattoos, the his tattoos are legendarily terrible. Have you ever seen them? Oh,
0: doesn't he give them to himself and stuff like that? Oh, they're really, shocking yeah. bad. Like they're really, really shocking bad. bad. They yeah. are. <laughs>
6: the
2: this, is draw <laughs>
0: this
2: is the thing, though. He's slagging off this guy in a song for having tattoos. His like, are awful. What's your fucking deal, I say man. Say that as someone who's got plenty of tattoos. But no, I have. I've heard from very reliable sources that he's like incredibly polite and nice, and I can't say he was anything less than a million times. Yeah, Manally. like
0: and when I interviewed him, I didn't get much out of him, but he was polite and it was perfectly pleasant, so it was that kind of thing. I had to follow I had to introduce a band after the Ed Sheeran hoppers oh no, interviewing
5: I that tent. a
6: Ma- mass exodus of people, the likes of which you've never seen before. I believe it was uh Wonder Villains, and I went on the stage and I said, And now with the unenviable task of following Ed Sheeran, here's popular Northern Irish beat collective, Wonder Villains. And I literally dropped the mic and I walked off stage and I walked out of the tent. <laughs>
5: What? Why?
6: Because I was just like, I'm not hanging around for this. Wow, what oh Were you not supposed Wonder to interview villains? them? Thankfully, not. It was just a an performance, just an, uh, and they looked at me like, "Oh, thanks, okay." And I was like, "Yeah, you're on your own." Wow.
2: Shady. That was, was that a Sunday? That's a bit salty. I day. think it was a Saturday or a oh, Sunday. No but so I
6: was even dead inside. What, yet. A, what a shock! <laughs> I wasn't in a good mood at the festival. <laughs> but hang on, let's come back to Galway Girl because I mean, a friend of mine sent me this track as if as if I hadn't heard it. Like, um, and he goes, "Man," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." He said, "He goes, he goes, he goes." Do you reckon like he just goes home? And, like, walks into his house and closes the door behind him and just starts laughing. Like, like, like he knows that he's put one over on everybody. And also, is this song, is the song cultural appropriation? Are we going there? Like, I mean, is this really, like, are, should some, some people are genuinely annoyed about this song. Like, really annoyed. I don't know. I mean, uh, yes. I think it's harmless. I, I, no, of course I, it's harmless. I, I, don't, but-
2: I don't find it, like, offensive as an Irish person.
6: I'm the least patriotic person I know, and it's just like I kind of feel like I don't. I I think it's just a bad song. (laughs) I think there
2: is an element with Ed Sheeran that he is a gateway drug for heroin for heroin (laughs) for teenagers. Um, who maybe haven't really discovered rap yet or haven't really discovered trad yet. So in that way, I mean, I'm fine with him being a gateway drug for other people. One thing I have to say about Galway Girl that I find so interesting because I heard it first and I was like, oh my God, fetishizing Irish women, that's fucking great. Well done, (laughs) you multimillionaire man. Mm -hmm. Um, But weirdly, because this girl who happened to be standing beside him and plays a fiddle was also a musician at the session with him, She's credited as a songwriter on the album. So she'll be getting, presumably, some of the royalties from this song, which is like one of the only cases I can think of. Where a guy wrote a song about a crazy one night stand he had, and the girl is going to make bank on it. I love this. Yeah, well,
6: that's cool. And it went to number one in Ireland, and it will obviously be you know perpetually kind of mentioned throughout the year and that kind of thing. I mean, this is probably going to be one of the biggest selling records yeah. of the year. And
0: like, like, and also in Ed is actually nice stuff. I mean, he's helped a lot of other artists. It was Jamie Lawson got a number one album off the back of it. Foy Vance speaks very Jamie Lawson. Basically, has a career top, off yeah. the back of it. Now, so you, yeah. you know, he seems like an and uh, he brought him to broke for that yeah.
6: gig as well. Uh, I, I, I do want yeah. to have listened to the last kind of fifteen seconds or so of girl just for a second please i mean that to me sounds like i know he's going for the whole ramp it up and we're all having a big kaylee here but that to me sounds like a plane on fire with a bunch of clowns in it going down <laughs> It's fucking weird, right? And that he doesn't end the album with it is baffling. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's another rare cheering record. He is the most critic-proof guy out there. Scores. I totally forgot we'd
0: have to give this a score. It seems beyond scores. I don't know. <laughs> That's like tree, <laughs> tree, maybe. Selena Murphy.
2: Is it out of ten? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would probably give it like. Nine for Shape of You. <laughs> and then for collective other songs, I would go with four.
0: His Rihanna album's going to get like 10 out of 10. Sexy for lady. me, sexy oh my God. Barbados, I'm yes. so
2: excited. Please do it, Ed.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with three, which brings him
6: down from a four. The last <laughs> record I did, but brings him up from that one out of five, caustic Review of the never ran Neverland Press in 2011. So not bad, Ed. You're doing all right. I would
2: like to say that this album... <clears throat> Makes me think that there might be an album for me one day. That's an Ed Sheeran album. that He I'd definitely like. has there's,
0: like the ability promise, to yeah. craft stuff, but it's just if he got really pissed, if if like he got, went through a really really dreadful relationship, there's <laughs> and potential and there. just turned completely bitter. He could maybe do something that was like a light Elvis Costello. Jesus, thing. he'll 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 love to have that sentiment. I hope out. it doesn't happen to him for his personal <laughs> life, but I'm just saying, in that situation, maybe something. Sorry, did you just say out.
6: he might write a good Elvis Costello? Light, light, <laughs> okay, light
0: right. Elvis Costello. Okay, uh, have we heard anything else lately that's worth listening to? Um, I've been listening to The Fall a lot this week, because Markie Smith turned 60. He was like the chairman of the 70s oh, okay. and 80s. Yeah.
6: I love the idea of you writing business journalism
0: over news talk. Blaring, there, so out blaring out the fall. The, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's an amazing compilation, which is 50,000 fall fans, can't be wrong, um, which is a great starting point. And the Peel Sessions are amazing, and they're a great band. He's a terrible genius. That
6: very, was it. Yeah. Very, very good. Selena?
2: Um, I have been listening to um a guy called Jameson, who's like a Detroit based white boy who makes like very sultry soul music. Oh. And I like it very much. And he has an album coming out in April, I've forgotten what it's called, because literally I just go onto his YouTube channel and like repeat, repeat, repeat. But I'm very excited for the album. Um and after that it's been mostly Mariah Carey, The Emancipation of Mimi, which is Gotten me through an illness recently, and I'm so grateful for Mariah nice. for making that album. And Jermaine Dupree, actually, doesn't Very get good. a shout out enough shout on this out podcast. To <laughs> <laughs>
6: shout out to Jermaine. Uh, I've caught up with the just confirmed for Friday night headliner at Longitude, Stormzy uh, Gang Signs and Prayer. I took me ages to get around to it for whatever reason. Uh, we talked before on the show, I know Craig is a bit of a grime skeptic. I'm not a skeptic, but I just can't get into it. Yeah, not quite a skeptic, not quite a skeptic. I think it's because we're both very white, but uh, (laughs) at the same time, you know. (laughs) uh, I think this is really fucking good. I I think the hype is justified here. Storm's been getting an awful lot of press. He got a congratulatory tweet off Papa Roach would you believe oh, that's uh, big that's big Ed Sheeran didn't get that topped off his week I would imagine uh, this is really great uh, it's got a problem in that it's 16 tracks long and I wish it wasn't but that's my own personal kind of you know preferences and that I just can't stand long albums anymore but no uh, Stormzy's great and this is really, really uh, worth checking out and Craig I would recommend that you give it a go in, in between your fall binge I will give it a go and I'll report back very good Selena. thank you so much for coming in for deputising for Colm and Mariegan this week
2: thank you yay oh Clapping again for yourself. Someone yeah. wolf whistle.
6: Quickly. I can't, can you? I can't. No, me yeah. neither. <laughs> no, I can't, can't do it. Colm,
2: we've failed you.
6: I bet, uh, bet Callum could do a really good wolf he whistle. He could, yeah. Um, definitely. I hope he doesn't like do kind it, kind though. He could. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, fair, take, take from that what you will. We'll definitely have you back, I hope. And uh, as always, to close us out, we will have a new Irish track. Paddy Hanna is someone I interviewed before back in his Grand Pocket Orchestra days, and I have to say it was one of the funniest interviews I've ever done in my life. I could not stop laughing. He wouldn't stop talking about movies starring Van Damme from the 80s and such. It was one of the most ramshackle interviews I've ever done, and it was fucking great. Uh He's since kind of matured a little bit, as we all have, I feel. <laughs> uh, carving out a really good name for himself as a solo uh, solo songwriter, uh, his new track, Bad Boys, is described here as a baroque cut of shimmering, intelligent pop and uh, that's exactly what it is. It's great. It's kind of throwbacky and strange. One to keep an eye on, an artist I need to check out more of myself. This is Paddy Hanna and Bad Boys. My name is Dave Hannity. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. We'll be back next week. See you then.
3: Nike is a combo.
6: This has been a production of the
5: Headstuff Podcast Network.
2: Um, I feel very pressured because Colm is so the man who's always like, guys, you're getting off fucking course. Oh, yeah, oh don't Straight worry and about. narrow. <laughs> so one of you is going to have to be that because I don't yeah, know if yeah, I can. We can ramble. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't
3: get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and
5: my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal.
3: There's a deal for every moment at
5: McDonald's right now. Get two of your favorites for just three 50 mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal, single item at regular price.
6: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget.